We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello and welcome to a special mini-sode of Yield Crime, the show where Maddie and I discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear every Wednesday. This special bi-weekly segment is called Can You Crack the Cramp Word, which is slang for a difficult or obscure term, which I thought was very fitting. And joining me today is Brad from the Doomsday Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> And before we begin, I'd like to give him the opportunity to tell us a little more about himself and his show before we get started. What do you want to know? Tell me. It all could the be found things. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's Brad from Doomsday History's Most Dangerous Podcast. What can I tell you? Please listen. Please tell eleven friends. What should I say? What should I say? I never prepare for this kind of thing. I should. I should tell you right away. So this is straight from the heart. Doomsday is. A podcast about disasters, but only the odd ones, the most bizarre and inspiring throughout history that either you've never heard of or was completely forgotten. That is kind of hilarious and a little bit sickening. And we tell a story every two weeks. And none of that really matters because this is all about Lindsay's show right now. And I'm excited <laughs> to be here because she's been trying to be get on board for like a year or more. He's a really hard guy to nail down this Brad, but a little bit, but I can be worth it. You are worth it. I mean, I love your show so much. It makes me laugh so hard all the time. And even when like the stuff is really, really bad, like it's super bad, but you can't help laughing about it because otherwise it's just too sad. Yeah, I got a I got a message requesting that there be more degloving in an upcoming episode. And I had to say, <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs> you monster. There's degloving mentioned in the very next episode. And she's <laughs> laughing and happy. Like, all right. <laughs> Give the people what they want. Yeah, I guess. I need more. What was it? The guy whose like penis hit the ceiling or whatever that was in the So I both I have two children who are both animators. Mm -hmm. And one is a horror animator and one is a more classically trained animator. And mm -hmm. I want them to start animating short versions of those episodes, starting with groin plug to the ceiling pancake yes. guy. Yeah. Yes. Very first episode. Oh, God. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> I would pay good money to watch those animations. Well, maybe that's what Patreon is for. Maybe there one day go. I'll actually do something with a Patreon. There you go. I think we figured it out. All right. So now I'm going to ask you some questions. Shoot. In case people didn't catch what you cover, based off the conversation we just had, how did this concept come to you? Really long story. Long when I was very little, I somehow decided that I that disasters were became really relaxing for me. There was just something about knowing that the earth could explode or that the building you're in might vaporize or whatever. It just gave me this sense, not of being small in a big universe, but more mm -hmm. that we, we have to hold on to so much responsibility as we grow. And, 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 and it turns out that maybe, maybe it's not really all that much to worry about. And for whatever mm -hmm. reason, it just stuck. So then I had this idea. Okay, I wonder if there's a disaster every day of the week, like every day of the year. I want to make a calendar and I'm, gonna I'm just going to figure out it. And sure enough, yes, 
homework says absolutely there's multiple disasters for any day of the calendar you could possibly imagine and mm -hmm. i thought haha i'm gonna make a calendar and that didn't work out so then i thought haha i'm gonna make a podcast but a daily podcast when i can barely get an episode <laughs> every two weeks so that wasn't a thing so then i thought okay i'm just gonna do this to i'm a shy guy so i, I thought i'm just gonna do this to to like find my voice and and put myself out there and do something creative Mm -hmm. And I really just wanted to make people sick. But what I've learned over the couple of years that we've been doing this now is that people are way more into the actual life-saving aspects of the show. Mm -hmm. When they hear, you know, oh, a guy got gored by a buffalo. You know, what would I do if I had a horn that went in somewhere and came out somewhere else? Well, mm -hmm. yeah, we can practically tell you what to do in that situation. And people have really responded to it. It's the funniest thing. Yeah. I get a lot of emergency workers, a lot of techs and, and nurses, and I get mail from all around the world. It's crazy. Yeah, that's, it's a good thing you brought that up because that is kind of something that people wouldn't know that you cover in your show just by like reading the description or whatever. But you do go through whatever the disaster is in ways that if you found yourself in this particular situation, how you could potentially survive it, you know? So yeah. I thought that was cool too. Well, that's the thing. That, and that's the, the second thing that I get commented on is that the show is disturbing and it's awful and you shouldn't play around kids and maybe you're going to throw up but i do have a, as much as i treat the death of people in the past in mm -hmm. you know a lighthearted way mm -hmm. it all it always boils down to i have nothing but for respect for the people who were you know innocently dragged into these two never intended to be a part yep. of some historical podcast about the you know as one of the people who had the worst things in the world ever happened to them Mm -hmm. I try to villainize people where possible. I try to I try to lift up spirits uh, where people where it's possible. I want people's stories told through justice, mm -hmm. but mostly I just want it told. I just want to tell it with jokes, mm -hmm. <laughs> for the most part. It's just the jokes. It's yeah. a it's a negligent homicide podcast in a world full of true crime crime podcasts. Yeah, and you're right. It it is something where you definitely will go through and point out like this disaster totally could have been prevented if X, Y, and Z happened, you know? And yeah, and that's reasons why we have, quote unquote, better safety procedures in place to make sure that stuff like whatever you're covering doesn't happen again. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like a, not necessarily a cautionary tale, but it kind of gives you an idea of like natural progression of how, like when people ask, well, why do we have to do this certain thing for whatever it is? Like, it seems so stupid. And it's like, oh, probably because this happened in the past. And so now we're doing this thing to prevent your torso from blowing off or something because of whatever, I'm, like seatbelts. I made a TikTok about why you shouldn't jump from a height into water. And just like a really short 20 second TikTok, it went viral, got millions of views and millions of comments from people. You don't tell me what to do. I'll jump in <laughs> any way I want. And the other half of the comments are like, you know, I had my vagina blown out because I jumped off of a 30 foot cliff or whatever, or my sinuses exploded or, you know, my shoulders were both dislocated at the same time. And it's like, I can give out the advice. I can't make anyone take it. It's yep. almost impossible. It's almost impossible to make people take good advice. But if yeah. someone at some point was trying to get off that plane or, you know, making this, this life or death decision and could hear me in the back of their head as just like maybe the only time they've ever had a thought about it, mm -hmm. if that works great. I'll take mm -hmm. it. Yep, exactly. Okay, my next question. So I think I've shared a few disaster story ideas with you in the past. Are there any sort of disasters that you refuse to cover on your show? Refuse is a weird word. I don't generally, I do not seek out disasters involving children. 
Mm-hmm. I don't, I just never been that comfortable. And yes, children are squished and bisected and cut in half and set on fire and thrown by wind, you know, fairly regularly. But there are stories throughout history where it's like, you know, oh, 300 people died and they were all under eight because of yep. whatever. And it's, mm, no, can't sit through it. Yep. There was a script I was working on and I threw it out. It was a tremendous hotel fire that happened in Asia. And it was a terrible story, and there was an awful lot you could learn about it, but the reality of the disaster itself was the lowest floor caught on fire, and then it just burned up, and everybody died. And it's like, (laughs) what am I going to do with this? Like, There's no upside to this at all. It's just like horror porn. I'm not into that. And terrorism is not worth covering because that's that's political. Military, Mm -hmm. for the most part, is political, even though there are, you know, military accidents unrelated to war that I've covered before that are Mm -hmm. phenomenal, and there's so many of them, but... Mm -hmm. I'm not out to, you know, this village burned down after a bombing and terrible things happened. Well, yes, that's a disaster, but that's man-made on purpose. So I I steer away from that as well. Yeah, it's more like unplanned disasters that just kind of happen. Yeah. And also, also, they have to be rare and weird. Like they have to kind of, my background is in marketing. And so the idea is with all good marketing is if I can get you to read the first three words, can I get you to read the next three words? And I'm just yep. trying to string you along and keep your attention. And in this case, the same really holds true. Mm-hmm. So I pick disasters that are just like, what the hell are you talking about? And I just want to, I just want to play them up. So people will write and they'll say, Hey, you ever heard of nine 11? Oh, and it's God. like, I have. And I, I love that. I love when people write in like that, but it's like, I'm never going to cover 9-11 because there's not a person alive who doesn't know about it. It's on every mm-hmm. t-shirt, you know, every year we have to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. A weird choice of words. And we, yeah, we acknowledge it every year. Yeah. Yeah. Acknowledge. That's a good word. Okay. Acknowledge. Let's <laughs> <laughs> stick with that. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I found, and this is just my personal thing because that's what I do on my podcast, I find that the more things where you kind of have to dig around for it that people don't know about, those Mm -hmm. are the stories that are more fun to hear about because it is so like, where did this even come from? Like, how did I never know about this type of thing? And that's, I think that's part of why I enjoy so many of your episodes. I'm not saying I don't like any of them. I, I love all of them. But there are some where like, I literally have never heard of it before. And so it's very interesting to me to kind of, because you go into like the history of things and you talk about the area and you kind of like paint the picture of what the day would have been like. And then all of a sudden, like, here comes the disaster and you're like ramping it up and ramping it up. And then I'm already like ensnared at that point. So it's like literally listening to a train wreck and not being able to turn away. If that makes sense. That makes complete sense. <laughs> my my favorite criticism that I ever received was someone who wrote saying, I absolutely love the show. I'm so into every word. I'm hanging on it. And then it suddenly goes. And then the mother and the husband, they hugged each other. And, and she managed now to set his hair on fire. And so they both went up in flames. <laughs> and then, boom, straight into a commercial for a, like a Dodge Durango or something. <laughs> it's like... I'm really sorry I'm not wealthy. Something's <laughs> got to pay for this. If you don't want your hair to go on fire, yeah, drive exactly. the Dodge Durango. <laughs> Built-in uh, fire extinguishers. I really need more. I need I need actual, like, readable ads that make sense to the show, like survival, like funeral homes, like mm-hmm. fire extinguishers and, and non-flammable hair products, like whatever. I'm open. Yeah, we need to get you that because that would be hilarious to just, like, have... 
disaster specific products. They would be really good commercials, I think. I think they would. They would. But do you know what I think I'm going to get first? What? My third question. Yes, you are. (laughs) So is there a particular topic that you've either already covered on your show or plan to cover that you're really excited about? Oh, you mean what? Who is my favorite child? (laughs) Pick your favorite child. Raise it above the others so they all feel bad about themselves. No. See, it's a funny thing. I've been asked before. People have said, oh, you must have like a really strong stomach for this kind of thing. It's like, no, (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) No, I sicken myself. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking medical reports and turning them into, you know, some quippy line about how they they fled the house and right into Jesus's arms and off off they went in a cloud of smoke that used to be their body. So no, when I'm done an episode, it's uh, okay. It took me a while to learn to listen to episodes after the fact that they've been recorded. And mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I honestly don't. I just like the, I, I like storytelling. That's why my wife mm-hmm. says, she just says, you're a natural storyteller. Like, okay, storytelling is what I'll do. I agree. You are a natural storyteller. I think that's part of why I enjoy the show so much. That's probably why my parents are so annoyed for all those years. <laughs> and then this happened, and then that happened, and then that happened, and then there was blood. <laughs> and then this happened. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, right? (laughs) Make it stop. (laughs) Do you like blood loss and decapitations and debris poking through your skin? If you like your gods angry, your buildings collapsible, and your insects organized into living quilts, Doomsday is the podcast for you. Subscribe to rediscover some of the most traumatic, bizarre, and awe-inspiring but largely unheard of disasters from throughout human history and around the world. This first season, you'll hear about the worst groin injury in the recorded history of medical science. People compressed to the height of a business card, preheated to the temperature of the sun, electrocuted by coconuts, and phrases like, the plague of horror had been cleared away by the cleansing mercy of the volcano. This is not the podcast you play around your kids, or while eating, or even in mixed company, but as long as you find yourself a little more historically engaged and learn something that could potentially save your life, our work is done. All this and more on Doomsday, history's most dangerous podcast, a funeral kazoo production on the Anchor FM network. Find it wherever podcasts are found. Okay, are you ready for some Victorian slang terms? Oh, I assure you I'm not. Although, I have done few a few episodes uh, during set during the Victorian times, and have done a few episodes even touching back into medieval times, so the whole period. So... I think that I'm well-versed, but I'm probably hot garbage. So let's find out together. Yes. I'm excited for this. Me too. Okay. Your first term is ebb water. So E-B-B water. Ebb water. And this is a Victorian term. Mm-hmm. Boof. Uh, can I ask the country of origin? Let's see if I have it. Because I don't always get that information. Because what I'm thinking of is ebb water. Why the hell would you want ebb water? Water that's leaving. I don't know what benefit it would have in America. And when I think about Victorian times, say, in London, I think, like, water going away from you is the best thing that you can have happen on it. Because I was just explaining to my kids a while back, they were talking about the Thames, and mm-hmm. they were looking at And I said, oh, did you know, like, within your great-great-great-grandparents' lives, people could walk across that thing? It was so full of manure, and <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. I don't need a cup. I, don't, I barely need a memory. I don't need a cup. Ebb water. Yeah. I oh, think wait, 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 wait. I think okay, it's water going. England. Is it like when you throw up or is it diarrhea that is mostly liquid that's ebbing its way out? Of- oh, am I good? <laughs> Did I do it? I'm picturing it and I'm just like, oh my God. 
I'm having a watery discharge. Oh, you seem to be facing ebb water. I seem to be facing ebb water. He's got a case of the ebb waters. <laughs> oh my, your humors are out of balance. You're going to need to expel some ebb water. If you tell me I got it. The Thames is right over there. You know, the public toilet. <laughs> ebb water is slang for a lack of money. The water is the cash and the ebb is that it's been, it's gone like water. They pissed away their cash like, okay. Like the ebb and you, flow of the water, yes. If this had been a seven and a half hour episode, I would have nailed that eventually, but no. Nope. <laughs> I kind of like it though, but it's like, use it in a sentence. Yeah. How I'd like mean? to stop my, I'd like to come out, um, celebrate you getting over your black lung, but I'm afraid I've <laughs> ebb watered all me money away. <laughs> I'm stuck inside, looking at candles, making puppets on the wall. <laughs> and I should my 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 in laws are all British, so I should say that I I know that wall is not pronounced wow. Oh God, you're gonna make me cry laughing at some point during this. I can already feel well, if it. I, if I can't make you it. throw up, I'm good with making it. <laughs> Just don't make me ebb water. That'll be bad. <laughs> I can't dry clean this chair by any definition. <laughs> It was the worst episode. It was so much fun until I ebb-watered all over the <laughs> seat. <laughs> then it got real gross. Brought to you by Depends and Febreze <laughs> and <laughs> what's the online? Get help. <laughs> one of those mental help online things. Get help. Reputation protector, one of those sites. <laughs> yes. All right. Your second term is send a man to Coventry. Is it dirty? Mm-mm. I'm trying to think. What on earth would anybody have to do in Coventry at that time? I wonder if there's, again, if this is a longer podcast or if I was more of a cheater, I'd be typing, you know, TripAdvisor, <laughs> what to do in Coventry in the 1700s. Coventry. So it's not in the city. So it's like sending a man to Coventry. Oh, maybe Coventry sucked back then. Maybe Coventry was like every street was kind of poop. And is it killing someone? Is it a threat that you use? I'm sending you to Coventry. With all your ancestors and their bones and the poop. <laughs> no. Is it for riding lessons? No. Is it about bathing? No. Is it sexy? No. It's a military phrase. Is it accidentally blowing a hole through a person's, like leaving a cartoonish hole in a person's torso? <laughs> no. Do you want me to tell you? Or do you what? want to keep guessing? Give me, give me a clue. Let's see what I can do with it. Okay. It involves stopping someone from doing something. Breathing? Oh, no, wait. I guessed death. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm out of ideas. Okay. To send a man to Coventry is when you, you won't let anybody speak to them. You won't let anybody speak to them? Yeah. How the hell would anybody? Okay. Yeah. So it's basically you're like. Stupidly possessive? Well, that. But you're like forcing a vow of silence, I guess. Maybe that's the Coventry part. But isn't it more of like a, a vow of non-contact or something? But amongst other people? Like, because you wouldn't wear a shirt that says, don't talk to me. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I didn't yeah, know that so was a term. Yeah. So not to speak to or notice a person. So send you know what? to Coventry. I am going to do something for you. When this episode is going to drop, I'm going to send you a video. And it's going to be Will Smith <laughs> at the Oscars. And he's going to go up and he's going to make an ass of himself. And then he's going to step down. And then Chris Rock is going to try to make a joke. 
and then he's going to yell something about, don't talk about my wife. I'm sending her to Coventry. Oh, wait, would you send her or would you send the person? You send him to Coventry so no one talks to him. Smack straight to Coventry. (laughs) Which they would understand at the time. They'd be like, oh, keep keep your wife's name out of my mouth. Yep. I'm going on a trip. Yep. A military trip, apparently. Damn, that's really... I wonder what the military aspect of that is. Why? Yeah. Why would that be a military thing? Probably because of the cartoonish hole that they leave in your torso. (laughs) (laughs) Accidentally cannon fire you. Okay. I found another thing that kind of goes into it. So Coventry was one of those towns in which the privilege of practicing most trades was anciently confined to certain privileged persons. Hence, a stranger stood little chance of custom or countenance. And to send a man to Coventry became the equivalent of kind of like shoving them out of society. Okay. So in context, what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing. Okay. So we're just like, <laughs> hey, man, it's, uh, you know, 1798 or whatever. Hey, looking good. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I've been sent to Coventry. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. That's a whole lot because there seems like there's a lot to unpack from four words. It's got a, yeah. a lot of, <laughs> what'd you do? Yeah, it's like, what did you do (laughs) that they're sending you to Coventry? Did we ever, did we ever establish in the history of the show the equivalent for just, oh, snap, that kind of reaction? Not like, oh, bother. No. Woe is ye? (laughs) Woe is ye. Okay, now I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see if Google will do me straight. Well, the beauty of that is that it basically can be anything we want it to be then. That's true. I feel like there was something that was kind of like a clap back. Now I need to look. I mean, it's not, not Coventry. <laughs> not Coventry. It's, it's probably, it's going to be something like, I've eaten a rat and something that just makes no sense whatsoever. I've been listening to the show yeah. for a while, so I do have a sense it's going to be something. You're presenting a hungry falcon. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's <laughs> I think that period pieces and movies and TV have done a terrible job oh. of setting us up for the reality of actually traveling to the past and trying to communicate. I know. No, I can't think. Of, I can't think of anything or see anything. Now I have homework. I'm clapping at ye, Ebwise. <laughs> Turnest thou rump away from me? Yeah, right. <laughs> Get ready for an ebb of claps. <laughs> That's just what you say before you fart. Yeah. Get ready for an ebb of claps. An ebb of claps. <laughs> I, I have a funny feeling that that's going to be, that is going to be the favorite line for our friend Nick over at the Tennis Podcast right oh, there. Oh God, you know it. You know it. Oh God. Well, that's Allah. <laughs> what a flurry. Oh God! Hush your behind. This is madness. I tell you, <laughs> the volume, the volume. Oh, I like volume because it's quantitative and qualitative at the same time. Yes, you're you're quite right. <laughs> <laughs> now I really okay. I'm gonna have to find it, and then I'm gonna get back to you, and then we'll have to do some sort of like recording again. We can just do a recap. Actually, we should just record a quick promo spot together and for the episode and then just be like, (laughs) if you want to know more what the hell that was all ebbing about, (laughs) clap on over to your favorite podcast provider. (laughs) 
pick yourself up an episode. <laughs> Clench your buns and head on over to your <laughs> favorite podcast platform. Ooh. Well, on that note, I would like to thank Brad for joining me today for Can You Crack the Cramp Word? And before we go, unfortunately, I could talk to you forever. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? Oh, Christ. You can send me messages of any kind at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram as Doomsday Pod. No, Doomsday Podcast. You can fire me an email at doomsdaypod at Gmail. And I'm also on TikTok now as doomsday.the.podcast. And you mentioned your episodes come out every couple of weeks. What day do they drop? I or cannot. Is there a set I, day? I, with, with, with a gun <laughs> pressed to both sides of my head, I can never <laughs> answer that question. They come out I every am, couple of weeks. I am. They come out every two weeks. I am currently three days late dropping a new episode, and I think it's probably not going to drop to the end of the week because life and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Life does have a way of watering us yeah it does it's whether we want to or not my money and my energy are both ebbed ebb watered away my money and my mind ebb watered well on that note before i am unable to breathe from laughing so hard as always i'm Lindsay, and i'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime we love you